Welcome to Running It Back, the Lessons Learned from Sports podcast. I'm Mike Palmer, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. We're going to talk about Linsanity, but before we talk about Linsanity, I want to ask Tarlin Sanity, how are you doing today? There is a lot of Tarlin Sanity. You can see how they take, remove the TAR, and I'm, I'm just right there. So thank you. <laughs> you put that together. I know you said show prep. We didn't even talk about that. That's pretty awesome. I'm feeling great. Yeah. And for those longtime listeners of the show, I want to give my health update. I like talking about my... Yeah, care. people are asking. They're people curious. are asking. It's ever since we started, you've been in some process of recuperation. Because I think we started recording just after your Achilles injury, which that's, was last spring. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So I had my 13-month, exactly the day, checkup with my doctor. Mm -hmm. Short stint. He felt my Achilles. He said, this is what's considered a skinny Achilles. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. Not a bad band name, Skinny Achilles. <laughs> That's a, we'll we'll that revisit was... that. We'll put a pin in that one. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. He then said, I want you to jog down the hall. And I looked at him and said, you want me to jog? I haven't jogged in 13 months. Wow. A little over 13 months. I jogged down the hall, didn't mm -hmm. give a second thought and back. And he said, That's the jog of a 20 year old. I said, well, Thanks, Doc. You really know how to <laughs> pump me up. And he said, You're good. I said, What does that mean? You're done. You don't need to see me anymore. Wow. Yeah. You have no restrictions. I said, That's it. He said, What do you want a certificate? I said, Yes. <laughs> so then he walks out of the doctor's office and he comes back and he's playing graduation music. Dun, dun, dun. And I walk out. And five of the administrative uh, assistants and nurses, they're all giving me a standing ovation. Nice. And I walk out of the doctor's office with my hands up saying, see ya suckers. <laughs> so hey, how wow. am I doing? Yeah. Jog down a doctor's office. I then went for a 20 minute jog mm. and I'm back. Nice. Yeah. There might've been an, even a little bit of uh, tennis and... Golf. Oh yeah, I was on vacation. I, I started you're, to stretch myself in the tennis and bike riding and some big hikes. I, I'm I'm you're back. at the height of your recuperative, restorative powers right now, and that's a great time for us to talk about a basketball player who reached the heights of his basketball performance back in 2012. It was transcendent. It was meteoric. It, was it splendiferous? I don't know. It was pretty amazing. As a Knicks fan, it did blow me away. It blew my wife away. Robin, we were watching. I was living in Jersey City at the time, just across from Lower Manhattan. MSG, the garden, was truly the mecca when Lynn's sanity was happening. And there are times when the garden erupts. It was about at maximum volume for a long run during this Linsanity period, which was really a cultural phenomenon. And, and then we're going to want to get into some lessons learned because there's plenty of them. But yeah, thoughts, do you recall? Oh, Linsanity. So Jeremy Lin, to make sure for those who are not familiar, first American-born Chinese player, Taiwanese descendant in the uh, National Basketball Association. Yeah. I just want to start off by saying the Knicks were hot garbage. Hang on. You're so indicating... You set, set the <laughs> You're indicating that they were the garbage was particularly hotter than it was at any other period. They were garbage. 
Okay, they were sorry. not whether they had it was Carmelo, hot or not. They had just, Amari Stoudemire when he was, really they, they just signed Baron Davis. It was very exciting collection of parts. So you you guys weren't good, mm-hmm. and it was as you said, it was a three. Listen, we're talking about a guy right now. If you look at his career, he's been in the NBA for ten years. Ten year run. I want to talk about that later. Yeah. Average seven points, 2.6 rebounds, and 2.2 assists. That's the guy we're talking about. But for three weeks, mm-hmm. he took over not only NBA, but it was must-see TV. And I was yeah. trying to, before we get into Jeremy, think back to moments in my life where I felt I needed to stop and watch someone. Yeah. McGuire, Sosa, yeah. 1998. If they were up, like I was watching baseball in a way. I know you're a huge Nats fan. Did we beat you last night? The Dodgers beat the Nats? Hey, now I'm a mess. Okay, fan. so I'm, I'm just poking. Don't, don't make me have to edit our our back and forth. <laughs> okay, McGuire Sosa, 1998, Tiger in any of the majors in 2000. I will like, and I'm going to age myself. Florence Griffin Joyner, yeah, in the Olympics, sure. just all nails and just crushing people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Barry Bonds, 2001, when he was coming close to getting the home run record for for the year. Phelps. Mm-hmm. I likened for 2013, 2016, I was obsessive over the Connecticut women's hoops team because they went on a four-year dominant run. This is like one of those moments where you stop and yeah. even my wife would say after yes. a week and a half, hey, is that Jeremy guy playing again? And would sit down and watch with me right. for the first time ever. Right. And it hasn't happened again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't recall. It's, to my knowledge, it hasn't really happened in basketball in particular i'd have to think a little more whether there were other i don't want to say flash in the pan but there's a little bit of the it happens and then it disappears uh and in some ways that makes it even more incredible where you do not call him but you call him vanilla ice are you saying he's a milli vanilli of of the nba like 65 million dollars and he had an nba career and and he deserved to be an nba player and the reality is he almost didn't get his shot, at least up until the point that he got it. It does remind me very much of Eight Mile and Hamilton, where Eight Mile meets Hamilton on the court of Madison Square Garden, manifested in an Asian American who is this transcendent presence really for the next 10 years, but obviously the transcendence started to decline as his performance declined. But he became a cultural figure rivaling Yao Ming, who had famously popularized the NBA in Asia when he uh, played, but he was more of a big man and he was so big that in some ways you could question his athleticism. Lynn, as a small player, a smaller player, he's six foot three, but like as a guard with ball skills, he was demonstrating a skills profile that I think was surprising for people who think of Asian players in the NBA in any way to begin with. There had never been an Asian guard who had played to this level and I think that's something, whether there's some tokenism about that, but there is a little bit of a, a breakthrough as well in that not that many players had even made it to the point where they were on the bench and then he got his opportunity to play and then he really broke through a lot of the mental models of what a player like him, also from Harvard. I, I believe that he went to Harvard 
Did he? Carlin as well? Did he? Yeah. Maybe we'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that. But, but I do well. want to touch on just quickly because before we get to Jeremy, we like to run it back. You talk sure. about a lot of players in the league. Wataru Wat Misaku was the first professional Asian American player, Japanese descent, college basketball for the Utah Utes. He won a NCAA championship in an NIT. Hmm. He played for the Knicks mm. three games in 1947. Yeah, I didn't recall that, but now right. that you're mentioning so, it, it rings a bell. Right. Yeah. Now he does. So, yeah. so then fast forward to 1999, mm-hmm. Wong Juju mm-hmm. was actually the first Chinese player in the NBA. For Dallas? For Donnie Nelson and Dallas. Yeah, I remember Donnie this. Nelson, yeah. this will come back later, spotted him in a game in 1993 playing Russia and brought over Wong Juju. Yeah. He played four years, four points, 1.7 rebounds. I believe he was serviceable. He's a serviceable big yeah. man. Yeah. Big man again. Yes. Big man. And then what really broke open the connection with China, Chinese fans was Yao as the number one pick Yes, in 2002. Mm-hmm. So when you say Yao really, and he only played in the NBA for eight years, he had injury issues. He yeah. played in the height of what was the old NBA Shaq and big men yeah. dominating and, and, and also in terms of height, you mentioned seven, six, his parents were six, seven and six, three yeah. athletes, tallest husband, wife in China. Yeah. And he was destined to, to play. Right. And so he comes over as number one pick eight time all-star yeah. five time all NBA ambassador to the globalization of the NBA, Absolutely. probably as much as anyone Pri- prior to that, it was the dream team. Since the dream team, no one had made as a profound impact on the NBA as the global sport until Yao and China. Yao was the gift to David Stern. Yeah. 2004 on, David Stern has really tight relations with, with China. Yeah. Actually playing games out there. Yeah. And so we talk about first putting, giving like we all, we've talked about the poster on the wall for a culture yeah it's that it was yao and we'll talk more but yeah it's pride but it's a seven six guy that it's really yeah. hard to you appreciate his talent but you're like i can never be that person yeah yeah I, I liken this back to my first job out of college when i worked for shaquille o'neal's clothing clothing company called yeah. twism right by far maybe some of the ugliest clothes you've ever seen Hey, but great retail experience. Great retail experience. Twism stood for the, the, the world is mine. Nice. But the challenge that we had was people love Shaq, but we, everyone thought we were selling a big and tall line versus young men's line. So right, it's exactly. The same yes. way you get Yao, you mm-hmm. love him as a, he stacked the ballot box and all stars. It was not even, no one yeah. had a chance to beat him. Right. But I think there was a disconnect. It was an There's ability a, for you to feel like you, you really knew him or yeah. you feel like you can embody what he was because yeah. he was never going to be seven, six. <laughs> yeah. I like where you're going there. Cause there's a little bit of a, there's a otherness to him as opposed to for Jeremy Lynn. I think there's a little bit of, I could be that guy. And it does remind me, my wife got me the uh, the Oculus Quest. Oh, nice. VR glasses. So I started 
playing around with them a little bit because I've been talking more about virtual reality as something that's coming on the learning side of the world. But it's pretty crazy. If I could put my VR glasses on and become Jeremy Lin, I feel like I would almost believe it's real. Right. 6-3 on 6-3? Exactly. And the thing is, there's this neurochemical thing, mirror cells. There are these things called mirror cells where it's basically like when you see someone else experiencing something, there are neurons that actually fire in your brain that say, I'm experiencing that as well. So it's kind of like where empathy comes from. And I feel like that was the thing that Lynn's sanity triggered was that could be me. The, the stars align. I'm the last guy on the bench for the not so great New York Knicks. In a not so, hot, meaning, hot garbage. not so meaningful a game, I might be sitting at the end of the bench and then, wait, what What just happened? Coach D'Antoni's putting me in? And then the scene begins. And then what was crazy was he took such advantage of that moment. So I didn't mean to jump on your Yao point because it's a good one. No, I, but, but we'll it's come a back to it. But I think before point. we get to Linsanity, because I, I do want the New York stand in you to come out. I just, just want to sit back and yeah, and watch you as you I, you need to let, you haven't let people know you're watching a hype reel right now. I, I actually, I did pause it. Yeah, I was. I was no, it's just too distracting. You're just. No, you're... Carmelo was giving me bad body language and it was ruining <laughs> my mood. So I had so, to pause it. So Jeremy Lynn, Palo Alto High School. It's fascinating. I watched the Insanity documentary on, you got to get your streaming sites right. On, it's on Prime. I want to make sure I, I rep the right streaming service. Dad had never played basketball, got himself to the game, taught himself the Kareem hook shot, mm-hmm. had three boys, mm-hmm. and just wanted them to play at the Y. Mm-hmm. It's a funny, Jeremy was a terrible piano player, and you get to see him every year playing the same song and recitals because he couldn't get past it and right. they finally said gave up and said just play basketball yeah just think but, all the the musical theater basketball camps that that are just being undermined by that under, exactly but jeremy senior year he actually wins state no Cowans are playing socal and state that's the way it always is and they're playing yeah. a dominant southern california team in modern day and they win they most people said they had no chance jeremy lynn gets really no looks coming out of high school, despite being first team all state. He wants to go to the Pac-12. He wants to go across the street to Stanford, right there. Right there. And then he sends, tries to reach out to all the, to the eight Ivies and really only Harvard and Brown give him a look. And there are no scholarships in the Ivies and he ends up going to, going to Harvard and right. not walking on to one of the Pac-12 schools. Yeah. Flip side is he got to go to Harvard. He did. But we also, he's not going to a juggernaut. Could have gone to Stanford, arguably the Harvard of Palo Alto. Is that what it is? That's what we say. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Um, Harvard of Silicon Valley. So he goes to underlooked, underappreciated, too skinny. Don't think he can guard. Yeah. The Harvard where there are no banners. It's solid. I like to say there should be an asterisk in this March Madness 2021 because the Ivies didn't play. That's fine. Mm, you mm, can win, Baylor. Mm. Congratulations. He continues to progress. His first season, moderate success. But over his first three years, the best season they have is 14 and 14. And then he explodes his senior year. And Tommy Amaker, that's one of Tommy Amaker's first year. Mm-hmm. God bless Tommy Amaker. Mm-hmm. He has now put Harvard on the map. Former, uh, former Dookie. Former Dookie. But it's in his senior year 
where the team goes 21 and eight, 10 and four in the Ivies. We don't win the Ivies, but the next year is when we start stacking up Ivy championships. And I would say the banners that sit up there in a Levides Pavilion. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, Pavilion. Full, full disclosure, Tarlin Ray may have some affiliation with Harvard University. Please continue. <laughs> I'm gonna, remember, this is my Harvard stand moment and I'm going to let you do your ne- next thing. That's, that was the prep. That's what we agreed to. In Levides film, it's because of what Jeremy did. In that year, Jeremy played against top talent. Jeremy went to Connecticut and played against Kimba Walker. Yeah. And Jeremy went for 30 in that game. Mm -hmm. And Jim Calhoun said, that's one of the best players on the court. Mm -hmm. Yet, despite coming from a Harvard, coming from from an Ivy League team. Yeah. And going through some early draft workouts where he thought he dominated, went undrafted. Same rap. Probably too skinny. Can he guard? Can Maybe he he's too. His... Is he too smart? Is he a little too bookish? A little too, uh, <laughs> know. you know, he's, he's his head in the clouds, like uh, ivory tower education. I don't know. Shot fired. There you shot, go. Shot, come shot, come, shot, come shot, at me, Jeremy. Jeremy, you can join the show at any time. Big fans. So I'm, I'm coming to a close so I can build up to where you were yeah. in the Linsanity moment. Yeah, yeah. So goes undrafted. Donnie Nelson. Remember Donnie? Mm. Wong Juju. Mm-hmm. Brings him to, says, would you love to have you on our summer league team? Yeah. Summer league team, he dominates. He had played against John Wall in the summer league and doesn't end up signing with Dallas, ends up signing with his hometown team, Golden State Warriors, Uh on a two-year contract. And most undrafted rookies don't get a three-year contract with Nike. So they're already betting that the first Chi- American-born Chinese player is going to do something. There, there also down. may be a little bit of sports marketing going into that. No, no, too. of course. It's Nike. Yeah, I'm just saying it's not just... Short money. Like, yeah. short money to make a long-term bet. Why wouldn't you do it? Right. But anyways, he's tense. He's underperforming. He gets waived not only by Golden State. He gets moved to... I think it's Houston at the time, but I may be mistaken. Yeah, no, I think it's Houston, yeah. Waves again, and then ends up on the Knicks. And he's and, bouncing up and down to the G League as well. And bouncing up and down the G League in Reno during his first year with Golden State. So he he is at a moment when we, we're going to get to Lynn Sandy, where he is on the Knicks bench. They have three other guards. They're terrible. <laughs> They're really bad. They're hurt. Yes. And he's coming up to a moment, which is the waiver deadline, where if he is waived and they don't owe him any more money, and the belief is he may be out of yeah. the league. Yeah. So they give him one shot in a game. He plays. He's yeah. horrible. And then he has his hope is he has one more chance to at yeah. least show what he can do. Right. And then I'm going to cue you. Right. Yeah. And Lynn Sandy. What's that whole one shot? This is where I got to start playing the music. This is a, this is a very eight mile. Did we know? get that? So, did we get that music clear? No, we didn't we license just it. To... But just imagine some eight mile music right now. I'm moving as though I'm about to start rapping, although I'm not going to do that. The hand movement is but, uh, really disoriented. Yeah, really, really distracted. Distracted. it sounds great though. So yeah, this was his one shot. It was all on the line. The other players on the court didn't seem to care about it as much as him. It was, he first came on. He didn't start the game. He was coming on. Later in the game, terrible guards ahead of him. Uh, this is like getting back to the hard, hot garbage. This was some of the steamiest garbage we've ever had in terms of our, our backcourt. Chauncey Billups was just cut. So this is the end of Chauncey's run. And uh, they just signed Baron Davis, but he was dinged up. Tony Douglas, 
not a good player. Was Mike Bibby on that team? Mike Bibby was also ahead of age. They didn't know what they were doing. The Knicks have not had a storied history of guard play really since Clyde Frazier. Because beyond that, we talk about Charlie Ward or Derek Harper, like their uh, Havlicek, John? John Starks. Although I'm talking more point, like point guards. I got you. Dominant, I got you. you know, because you. Yeah. Starks, uh, although Starks was the other guy who made the, the garden erupt because it was the same idea where those mirror cells are triggered by these players who you really don't think they're going to get in there. Nobody believed in us. And yep. there is the Knicks ethos nobody believes in us entitled lakers fans call our teams hot garbage because they don't really know what suffering is they don't know what true fandom is but we know what it is 10 years without a title that was really tough (laughs) i'm so feeling for you but then also the the knicks fans particularly in the garden have a reputation of rooting for the underdog rooting for their guys and rooting for the guys at the back of the bench so when jeremy lynn's story makes it to Madison Square Garden, the, the mecca of basketball. The fans in the garden, greatest basketball fans in the world, maybe the, the, the best fans in the world to play in front of just in terms of their knowledge of the game and their emotion. We had nothing going on then. Kids, Cinderella story, out of nowhere, suddenly gets a little PT and begins to light it up, has a great game but then comes back and begins to replicate this night in night out game winning shot starts to develop seven straight seven, seven game winning streak. Yes. Yes. And he's, he's winning the plays really because of a level of will and fire in terms of getting to the rim. He's not dunking. I think he dunks maybe once or twice in this run. Lots of layups where he could have dunked, but he just got there. He's not a big dominant player in that respect, but he goes to the hole with a level of aggression that, again, is against type. I think people did not expect Jeremy Lin to be finishing this effectively. And obviously, this is all centered around running the the pick and roll, which is... Tony's offense. And also, pick and roll is on the... That's got to be like the top three plays. Right. In basketball, you got your give and go. You got your your pick and roll. Pass and screen away. Pass and screen away. Done. <laughs> we, we, the we, the we, now you're getting fancy. But the pick and roll, and it's also the pick and roll is very much an end of game. We need to score right here. We need to get yeah. a bucket. We're going to run a pick and roll. And and Omari Stoudemire, assuming he was ever healthy, could have been a nice player in that respect. It wound up being Tyson Chandler, who they just signed, who wound up running the, the pick and roll pretty effectively with Lynn. But, uh, but he just had the ability to run and he, and then he could pop too. So he could drive to the hole with some aggression and with some ability to finish because he does finish strong, which is something that I think it's easy to dis- dismiss Lynn, even in this run as not being as strong a basketball player as he was. Arguably that's why he got injured at the end is that the way he was attacking the hoop. Cause you see lots of times more of the outside shooting or the, his handle was good. Like he was making nice dribble moves, but he was finishing for a guy 6'3", not particularly physically strong. He was playing with a level of aggression that I think allowed him to dominate the game. And then sadly it ended with an injury. So we don't know, didn't we almost have it all? (laughs) The life we had 
made life worth living. We almost had it all. And then sadly, it ended. And then even more sadly, all we had was that run because of the shenanigans of the front office and poison. Well, let's get there real quick. So 13 games. He, they win seven straight. Yeah. They 10 of 13. Mm-hmm. He, and he's averaging like 23 and 10 assists. Yeah. Over a 26 game run, it drops more, it drops down. He's not lighting, but still 15 and seven. Yeah. Hitting game winners ser- too. Keep- serviceable, serviceable guard. And then he gets hurt. And so your point about he's 6'3, 200 pounds. And you said a level of aggression that he had for three weeks. Think about Allen Iverson. Oh my God. Who was yeah. doing that for his career. Yeah. Smaller. And constantly getting knocked down. So and, and Iverson goes, was Iverson was smaller than smaller. Lake. Six yeah. feet, 180, maybe. Yeah. So, so soaking just, wet. Soaking wet. So then 26 games. He not only gets hurt, but the guy who wasn't necessarily saying, oh, that's my guy at the end of the bench. Antonio was just yeah. desperate. He resigns yeah, because the Knicks are such a, such a solid Front off there, yeah. Thank, thank you, Dolan from family. Own, from owner down, it's yeah. just a really solidly run. Right. And so then what happens? You What happens to the Knicks? Why, what happens to Jeremy? What happens to Jeremy? So there's a there's an offer. He's a restricted free agent, which means that the Knicks ha- ultimately can match offers rather than just uh, lose him without having him be protected. But due to some some salary components that we don't really need to get into, other teams could make a make an offer. This turned out to be a three year offer that that Houston made. To, the only team to make an offer. The only team to make an offer. The Knicks matched the Houston offer initially and then Houston had an opportunity to up it when they upped it they included a poison pill year in the contract a third year at 14 plus million which was likely more than the Knicks wanted to pay at the time hence it's called a poison pill but it's like a game theory thing where you want to put a bad enough contract out there that your competitor doesn't want to take on that much pain despite the fact that this guy's a transcendent player, he's totally marketable. It's in New York. Knicks fans are hungry. Our team has not been great. We'll take a less amazing team with the opportunity to erupt behind Linsanity. And he would have been the fourth highest paid player on the Knicks at the time. So to act as though they couldn't afford even this bad contract but anyway, the Knicks, in their uh, infinite wisdom back in the day, decided to let him go. And and then, he, to your point, he landed in Houston and wound up very soon the teammate of one James Harden, who was not the best player to share the ball with Lynn. Truth be told, they both play the same way. Ball dominant, yep. And Harden is a much more transcendent player. He's one of the all-time greats. Lynn was not going to have his opportunity to bump Harden from his playing time. So his role became more of a serviceable bench player with moments of greatness. He did erupt for 30 plus points a few other times. He would have big games, but a lot of it was dependent on 
the stars aligning, which was true in New York. He needed a lot of players hurt ahead of him for him to even get the opportunity to play. It is an interesting question whether there's an alternative universe out there where Lynn could have had more playing time because either D'Antoni stayed with the Knicks or uh, he didn't get traded to a team that wasn't really going to run his kind of offense with him dominating the ball. He probably could have been a really good player on a bad team. And I hate to admit this as a Knicks fan, but that was a relatively okay scenario for us had we not let him go. But hey, you move on. We learn lessons from all this, Tarlin. Plenty of lessons to be learned. Absolutely. So play out his career. He's still trying to be back in the NBA from the Houston Rockets, went to my Lakers, staying in the Hornets, yeah. the Nets, the Hawks. He actually was the first Asian player to win a championship. He was an end of the bench for Toronto in 2019. Yep. Yeah. Then went to the Chinese Basketball Association where he dominated and now is back where he started on the G League team for Golden State, trying to make it back into the league. And, and also throughout this time, he was smart about the endorsements he picked up. He became a large influencer personality, but also was selective about his media presence. And then he did reemerge more around the Asian American Pacific Islander Stop API Hate uh, stuff that just came out recently. He's also been in some beefs in the NBA, famously once with Kenyon Martin, who was giving him grief about his hairstyle. So he's continued to be as much of a public figure, even on a global stage, while still being true to himself as someone who's trying to make his NBA career continue. But it does look like he's at the tail end of his career at this point. Yeah, and you should celebrate it. I was talking to the family about Jeremy, and they're asking whether or not my daughter is asking whether or not he's in the NBA. I said, no, he's not. Yeah. But he's trying to get back in. And then the next question was, was he not good? And we have to pause yeah. because a lot of what we think about in the world is whoever is the top, who has the most money, who just wrote a book because they showed where they went from adversity to building the greatest thing in the world, mm-hmm. who has the most Instagram followers, is that what it's called? But Jeremy had a 10-year career when no one thought he could even go to a Division I school in the NBA, mm-hmm. won a championship and has a highlight moments that no one else will, <laughs> can ever point to. Yeah. So what's to say, was he any good? Yes. He was one of the few people in this world that made it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Right. Two, I love him because he's the everyman. Yeah. And I liken this, if you think about people who have their own business ideas and entrepreneurs, they get a lot of no's. He, this is, I compare what he went through in his athletic career to people trying to start their own businesses. Yeah. And he would not let the continued rejection stop him from pursuing what he thought he was capable of doing, leaning into his ability, but also worked his butt off. Mm -hmm. So I think there are are lessons learned and you can relate to Jeremy in a way differently than a seven, six Yao Ming, because you're like, all right, that dude had no should have no chance mm-hmm. based on the stereotypes, based on who's yeah. been out, who's been in the NBA before. He doesn't have a single poster on the wall that says, "Oh, that dude looks like me," so I should be able to do it. 
Yeah. So I, I want to take that lesson, that Jeremy lesson, removing the insanity because people only want to have that the accolades and just appreciate what he did over 10 years ago, where he, where, to, to, to where, where he is today. Yeah. Push people, whether it's trying out, going for a new career, us podcasting for the first time. He said, can we do it? Someone started their own business. That to me is my biggest takeaway. And then Jeremy now is using his platform. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason we want to talk about insanity is the Asian heat that they were for the longest time propped up as the model minority. Mm -hmm. And I have mixed race daughters who Chinese and black, yeah. but it's now coming to the fore, but just how deep the stereotypes are and some of the racism that Asian Americans go through. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't help COVID releasing a new rash of hate. Yeah. So I appreciate him as the everyman in a way, though he had was the biggest star on one of the biggest stages, the Mecca basketball, yes. trying to use that to then relate to people and to give them hope. And so right. that to me is why I was excited to talk about Linsanity. Yeah, man. And I, I think it also is just like the I am Tiger Woods campaign was an interesting one. In that case, it was like, we could all imagine that we're the greatest. In the case of Lynn Sanity, I think it was a little more real. It was a little more something you could actually grab hold of. And it was a surprising example of some inherent biases and uh, stereotypes that are there around Asian Americans that may be hide in plain sight. Uh, and then to think about how he was a role model, he still is a role model. And I think he took that very seriously and was able to give others hope that they could break through in those scenarios that you're describing. And then who knows what he does next? It's always an interesting conversation. I hear this university he attended might, might give him some tools that can help him parlay that into something fingers crossed hopefully things turn out okay for jeremy but but it is an interesting question i think for the nba what is lynn's legacy what unlike yao being handed the nba and then now jeremy lynn was a brief transcendent star but then receded how is the nba thinking about developing talent both in the u.s for asian american players like lynn and also overseas, what's happening to build those talent pipelines. And then not just in Asia. Like, I think this is one of the things, Africa is a place where a lot of player development is happening. And I think it's an interesting time to explore some of these surprising talent centers that might be out there that are untapped. And that's the other thing where you want to take some chances in terms of the, the people on your team who you can give an opportunity. And then if they're on your team, give them a chance to shine because some people rise to the occasion and outperform expectation. And I think for me, Lynn Sanity will always be that. For people who don't put a lid on their optimal performance, they can really transcend any of our expectations. And the, that brief stint back in 2012 is something that will always be close to my heart as a Knicks fan. Because on any given night, anybody can be anybody. I love it. I, I will end with one thought. And Charles Barkley famously said that I am not a role model. I appreciate Jeremy. He was a megawatt. He was a supernova for a period of time, but has not shied away from that. Jeremy Lin, I think for the Asian community, Chinese Americans, is what Steph Curry is to a lot of short kids 
yep. across all races and cultures who Chuckers, think, they, yeah, yeah. think they can make it yeah. because they see someone who is not one of the 0.0% that are super tall and can jump and dunk. It's a great moment. I truly, as a sports fan, love those three weeks. I watched more Knicks games in that period of time that I have in my whole life, including when the Knicks were in the finals, because I just thought it was bad basketball. All right, let's but move I, on, move on, let's go. I appreciate Jeremy. I appreciate him being in the Mount Rushmore of Harvard professional athletes, along with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Burke, James Blake. But I had to, Allison Peaster's in there because her dominant run and, and knocking off the 1998 of Stanford number one team and going to WNBA is there. So I am struggling, but... This has been a great, it's been great to do research. We spent time here because we wanted to do this right. Too many connections. So we don't want to make sure we stumbled, but looking forward to running it back again. Awesome. Great stuff here today. Talking Lynn Sanity with Tarlin and Mike. Hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing on running it back. If you like it, write us a review, share it with your friends, extend the joy that we have here with other listeners. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. This is Running It Back.